This is loudspeaker. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am so excited to be here tonight for this wonderful first time live event with some of the most wonderful people, my wonderful soul sisters and amazing thought leaders here in our world. I'm here with Gabriella Masala, Allison Carmen, Jackie Pfeiffer, and Holly Woods. And I'm going to let them each um, give themselves an introduction so you can get to know them a little bit better. And we're going to start with Gabriella there in Austin. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Stephanie. So briefly, I am a lover of life. I am a carrier of world songs and mother tongues. I'm a dancer. I'm a mover of life and consciousness, and I'm a midwife for many souls who are ready to take leaps in their lives. Wonderful. Thank you. And then we're going to go to Allison, who's in New York City. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Allison Carmen. I'm a former attorney, a business coach and consultant, author of The Gift of Maybe, Finding Hope and Possibility in Uncertain Times, I also have a great podcast, 10 Minutes to Less Suffering, and um, just really happy to be here and, and share this new moment, new beginning with everyone. Thank you. And then all the way from Australia, we have my dear friend, Jackie Pfeiffer. Hey, thanks, Steph. I am a bit of a, I guess, an ex explorer of, of life and um, a follower of the flow. And so for me, that's kind of taken me for a bunch of years down a bit of a musical path, DJing and more recent years in film and exploring um, consciousness through film and transformation and healing and the potential that that has kind of on and beyond the screen, how we um, create media in a different way how we uh, can use that to support evolution, support our neurological, psychological sovereignty. I guess they're kind of things that I think a lot about and I'm working on now and towards the future. Awesome. And then Holly Woods from the San Francisco area. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, delighted to be here and I call myself a purpose activator. I help people uncover what their deep soul purpose is and align their lives and work around that. I'm an integral master coach and product and business consultant and primarily work with people who have uh, world changing products and or offers they want to bring in the world for this, you know, new world we're, we're creating, we're co-creating together. And, and so I, I see people's souls and help them name that and then live into the, the next best version of themselves aligned with their soul. And, you know, I just have to say that this is such an amazing group of women. And I, I just want to share that I'm, I'm in this wonderful mastermind group with these women. And it's really, it's, it's like hanging out with a bunch of rock stars, honestly. Um, you know, it's people that just help you feel lit up, inspired, supported. You know, like when you hear your favorite song and there's something that just lights up inside of you, that's how I feel every time we're all together when we meet as a group. 
And so I'm, I'm thrilled to have you guys here with me tonight. One of the questions that I think is really important I wanted to start out with, and whoever feels moved to share, you know, just jump on in. But this has been such an a just interesting time on the planet right now, as we all know. And I think it's important, you know, people that know us in a public sense or see our media, they think, oh, these people have it together, or there's always this, um, I think, myth that we don't experience the challenge maybe in the same way other people do. So I think it's important that we start with that, you know, if we can share what have been some of our challenges and what have also been some of the gifts for you during this time. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges for me is that, you know, I wrote a book about how to deal with uncertainty and how this is idea of maybe and how we write stories about what we need to happen in our lives to make ourselves feel better. And so I thought that I had mastered this idea that the unknown was always something that I would embrace, that I would love, that I would caress, that I would look forward to. You know, and then all of a sudden this pandemic starts and it's like, even though life is always uncertain, it just feels like a new level. And then, you know, to have your kids' lives to be in total chaos and upheaval. And so for me, it's been this new level of, you know, do you really embrace uncertainty? Do you really love the unknown? And so, you know, to go so deep in that area, and I have to say that I do feel the same way, but it's a process because every day you're faced with something else you didn't expect. So for me, my life practice has gotten a lot deeper. My gratitude practice my practice regarding embracing the unknown through the idea of maybe. And also, you know, the wallpaper in your room is you. There's no place else to go. So, you know, this new idea of presence, like how present are you? And to be so aware of when the mind goes to the future and, and how that feels and how that tightening feels. So for me, it's been a chance to kind of really look at all the practices I have and really work on them even more deeply, you know, and, and I think a lot of people are having that experience. Some people are new to this deep relationship with uncertainty or other people are deepening it. So for me, it's been a wild ride, but I have to say that the practices that I embrace work, but I have to be more diligent and, and more faithful to them. Yeah. It, it, it becomes more than just an idea. It's something that you actually are putting into practice on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I would add, um, and I totally resonate with everything you said, Allison. Um, I would add that I have, you know, witnessed, as you described, so many people um, really suffering from not knowing how to respond in this challenging time, and with with an even greater question about who who am I, and what am I doing, and why am I doing, and what can I do differently which has opened the door for many people to get very curious about and even determined to uncover their purpose. So for me, it's been a really powerful time to have a message to be able to share about how, you know, how to find it and, and even more importantly, how to live it. Um, so it's, it's really expanded my own work in the world and my commitment, my level of commitment to bringing this work um, personally, I've, I've found the isolation incredibly challenging living by myself. And it's, for me, it's been 18 months of isolation and I never imagined I would be able to endure <laughs> that much isolation. 
And I went into deep, deep grief in this period of time. And every time I went, three or four times, and every time it was a couple of days, of, you know, just like deep, deep, deep grief and release, which allowed me to be even lighter and, you know, let more light in, which means that I can do my work from an even more compassionate, more loving place. And so I have, I just am experiencing um, that all of us are doing some level of deepening of our own release of the, the wounding and the constraints and the hurdles that keep us from being ourselves. So we are evolving. I'm watching the evolution of humanity from this place of a pandemic, which is just so incredibly powerful that there would be this enormous silver lining. You know, just forget the small stuff. We've evolved. And it's so cool to, to witness that. Thank you, Holly. You know, I, I, I resonate so much with what you're saying as well. I, I knew that I was extroverted, but never knew the extent until the pandemic hit. <laughs> and, and just that craving, you know, for being with other human beings and just being with my clients, you know, the, the power of sitting across the room from another human being and sharing the contents of our hearts. I mean, I, I just, I, I, you know, my, my dog doesn't talk to me that often about what's going on in hers. So, you know, it was, it, it was just, I, I really resonate with that and feel that. And also the call for all of us, you know, this, this was worldwide, there wasn't any escaping. And so maybe, you know, the empathy and compassion that's been generated for all of humanity as we go through this evolution and deepening together it's different than any other time in the world. So what, what about Jackie or Gabriella? What other, what other challenges and gifts for you all? Well, sure, I'll jump in next. Uh, what really stands out for me as I tune in here is that on one level, it has felt like it's go time and this is the most exciting time to be alive. And it's exactly what I came to the planet and took a human life to serve and to midwife the shift in paradigm, the shift in consciousness. And so on one level, it's been the most exciting and amazing year of my life um, for many reasons I won't go into. On another level, the place that I have really hit the most suffering and heartache has been around the isolation that my elder parents have been in. So that right as the lockdown hit, my father started dialysis. And through this time, my parents alone isolated Florida, um, and I'm in Texas, so they have had no support and been totally alone. And my father's had three hospital visits during this time and has, um, has gone through a tremendous amount of suffering. And so as, um, as, a helplessness, I think, is the word that, I, that comes up. I've helped, felt so helpless in my inability to be at their side, to be there with them, and to be navigating all of these narratives, um, so many narratives about what, what is safe, what is not, so much of uh, a pandemic of fear and anxiety that I think is worse than the pandemic of an actual uh, coronavirus and so there's been a lot to really navigate and sort through. And, and the power of what's happened is that as I've met my grief and my helplessness and the suffering of the compassion that's come from it, but also a confrontation with death and acceptance mm -hmm. of death 
uh, my own and my loved ones and finding the angel of death as also a call to live fully, to live fully alive while we have life. And, uh, and also to wake up another level of the power of coherence and non-local healing, the power of love that is not um, limited by being in close proximity. So really increasing all of the, the prayer, the intention, the coherence and resonance healing and meditations and being able to broadcast that to my parents, even when I can't be there with them. And then having so much gratitude for things like WhatsApp. And, you know, I've gone back to writing snail mail letters so that every week they're getting a real letter in their mailbox that's just flooded with love. So this sense of how do I keep showing up when I can't be there has, um, has been one of my biggest challenges. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that probably everyone listening can, can resonate with so much of that. You know, we've, we've been away from loved ones and I know some of your journey, the difficulty with your father and, and some of the difficulties. And, and I also know some of the wonderful beauty that you've shared. I think I've, I've probably never felt closer to you in our relationship ever since I've met you than during the time of COVID when I feel like you're with me every single day, whether I talk to you or not. So I, I think that that really is something that's really real through our thoughts and our intentions that we're connected beyond, you know, space and time. There's something even deeper here that connects us to one another. And maybe it took us being shut in, you know, to realize some of that. So thank you for sharing that. Jackie, how about you? I feel like uh, some of the challenges that I was kind of mm, were intensifying earlier this year, I kind of was bringing them, dragging them with me from last year, kind of like got in a bit early. And, um, and so there was a certain aspect of like a kind of global stop um, and other people being in a similar situation and having time to kind of process some of that stuff, which had a really clarifying effect pretty early. And I also had a kind of curious uh, kind of coincidence in timings that I'd just done my first Vipassana retreat and came out of that into the lockdown. And so th the ideas of like personal solitude and, and the slowing pace and all of that sort of stuff felt really natural. It, you know what I mean? It might have ordinarily felt less natural, but it felt for me to, to just to slide in there, it was natural. And so I think it allowed me to contemplate some of this other stuff that I'd been dealing with and like coming out of sort of wondering about what's next and things that people have, you know, how do I kind of contribute the most powerfully and meaningfully at, at this time? But I'd kind of been thinking about those things last year and it had created a lot of confusion for me that I couldn't unlock uh, like I was just totally locked into this state of confusion. And I read something really interesting about the massa confusa and imagination and the kind of the creative potential there. And then I didn't have to engage in the confusion. I was like, Oh wow, I don't have to engage with this. I kind of felt like I had to engage with it and work it out. And so that was totally liberating. And so my mind, so, so it was kind of a little bit of some stuff that I came across not long after the Vipassana plus some sort of extra skills, I guess, you know, like learning how to be present, learning how to just let all that stuff quiet down inside that really was a game changer and has made the rest of the year with everything else that's been going on 
have a still peaceful quality and, um, you know, all the trying to make sense of everything that's going on, like applying that same kind of confusion. We don't need to engage with this. There is some kind of latent potential here that will at some point start manifesting and I can be part of that however it corresponds to to my personal aspects but and other people will step in where it's, it's relevant for them but not to just have to know it's kind of like Alison was talking about this kind of like journey to really connecting with the unknown um, on a much deeper level and really learning to be okay in that liminal kind of a space and so I feel like that was a challenge that I kind of got, you know, um, I, I kind of grew through earlier this year and, and then there were sort of beautiful aspects about the time alone and we were allowed to, um, go out for exercise and stuff. So I was kind of, and I was living near the beach and I was going out for sunrise every morning. And I was, my dad was, um, was in, you know, he was in isolation cause he'd been traveling. And so we got into the habit of sharing, um, sunrise photos every day, pretty much every day and have a photo exchange. And I'd send the sunrise photos and he'd touch up his favorite photos and send them back to me. And so it was kind of like this exploration of, of light and new dawn and, and, um, nature and our relationship to all of that and relationship to sort of the changing mood of the ocean and that kind of thing that I felt like really got amplified through him and was very, very powerful for me um, and shifted uh, how I read any kind of distinction between myself and my environment and like really sort of starting to dissolve that and starting to like see a more multidimensional you know, clouds and trees and everything in just fuller, fuller dimensions. And so I feel like that sort of stuff has been really priceless and a bit of a quantum shift for me in my um, connection with the, with the world this year. So that's, um, that's been really beautiful. I'm sort of still struggling a bit with the idea of how um, the lang a lot of it's to do with the language, like the language that's used around the way that we're experiencing separation and, um, social distancing, which to me feels like an oxymoron and, um, you know, this stuff that's kind of getting embedded in our psyche. It's like, how fast does this happen? It's interesting. You know, the, the last film that I did was related to, you know, conditioning, how we, how conditioning affects the decisions that we make and that kind of thing. And so seeing this stuff happening really fast has been quite eye opening and, and worrying, but I guess also that, you know, to sort of transmute that worry into kind of the alch alchemical potential of how I can sort of ex uh, explore those ideas in art through film or what have you. So it's like there's something there for me too. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I, I'm hearing all of us talk about these, these different things that have been kind of game changers that have helped us shift in our experience of the pandemic um, in our own personal experience. And so I'm wondering, you know, are, are there specific game changers that you guys are aware of within yourselves or that you've experienced through other people that have really helped to cultivate, you know, a sense of resiliency within you or, you know, Jackie, as you were just sharing, you know, bring this beautiful sense of joy through like these shared photos with your father. You know, what, what are those things that we can share with a listening audience that become those pieces that help this time actually be one of growth and evolution and awakening instead of a time where we're like, oh, everything has to shut down and stop. 
because I'm hearing all of you have lit up and grown, you know, in certain areas of your life during this time. So what, what are some of those pieces? There are so many pieces. I don't know where to begin. Um, though I'll, I'm inspired to share some. I love what you were just sharing, Jesse, and for sure, uh, a game changer for me has been my intimacy and communion with the more than human world. So that means waking up to meet the sun as it's rising above the horizon, if I can every day, pausing both that sunrise and sunset to commune, to be in the awe and the beauty of life, um, connecting more deeply with all aspects of nature, from the birds to my dogs, to the trees, the wind, to the stars, to the moon, in across the board, the more than human world is not social distancing from us. <laughs> and it is in such abundance of beauty. The frequency of nature is so incredibly healing and nurturing. The um, attunement and, and entrainment to the frequencies of nature. If that sounds too uh, out there, it means just go outside, get your head in the sky, get your feet on the earth, uh, put your spine up against the tree, take a walk. To be outdoors is such an incredible um, healing salve and, and relationship that is a constant companion. And then with that, also the deepening relationship to my own inner being, there's, there's a game changer shift that has happened for me over this time where I have really um, lovingly fired the, the external world from any kind of validation or uh, narrative about what reality is. And I'm really internally referenced from a sovereign place directly at source and feeling like anywhere that I was even a little bit wavering of letting the external world dictate my reality, it's just done. Where for me, I just feel like I have both feet in the new world and I'm a divine creator that is co-creating it every day. And I'm not looking to the mainstream media news or to um, social media to tell me what's happening in the world. I'm creating my world from the inside out. And I think that's a game changer that is available to all of us all of us. I'll pause there. Love that. Love that. Thank you, Gabriella. That's so gorgeous. I mean, that we create our lives from the inside out. And I find when I do that, when I don't worry about who I can trust, but I, I trust myself that I'll be okay no matter what, that's when my world starts to change. But when I lose that is when my mind starts to project into the future. Like when I go to the outside world, when I fear what will be next. So for me, it's staying very present, but I have to keep that awareness going. You know, uncertainty brings good things too. That calms my mind down. We forget that everything in our life has come from the unknown. But when the good things come, we just integrate them into our lives. And we forget this blessing of my boyfriend, my husband, my home came from this unknown place. But when something bad happens in our lives, it like we feel it like a thorn in our side. And we start to believe that, oh, uncertainty brought that into my life. I didn't expect this illness. I didn't expect this pandemic. That means everything I don't know will be bad. 
So for me, when I'm constantly working on that relationship, I remember the unknown brings good things too. I remember all the blessings in my life. When I remember if I want my life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. When I watch where my mind is, every time I come back, when I stop trying to figure out what's going to happen next with the pandemic, every time I come back to this moment and I don't project, that's when I feel peace. That's when the opening comes and that's when I expand. See, we can't be expansive if we're worrying about tomorrow. And so we need techniques to help us come back. And of course, I use this beautiful practice called maybe because maybe is the hope within the unknown. We always think that there's only one way life can be. And the pandemic is showing us there's more than one way. And that's where the expansion comes from. So again, it's my awareness and my presence through my practice of not being afraid of what I don't know. And also, again, the practice of gratitude. But like Gabrielle said, this, your inner landscape, the richer it is, the more you go in, the more it's about how you see things, the more you observe instead of evaluate. All these little techniques have been not only just a lifesaver in this time, but has enabled me to expand in this time and, and find joy and peace. But again, it's the awareness of this moment. Yeah, and I just I just want to piggyback that, Allison, because I find that in my private practice, you know, so many of my clients say, well, things just feel so out of control. And I think one of the things that we've had to do is get rid of the myth of control that, you know, we, we've never had control. We're, we're just, you know, have this heightened aware of it right now. And if there is any form of control, you know, like none of us know what's going to happen when we get done with this interview. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we never did. You know, our, our minds love predictability, our love's mind, you know, our minds love habituation. You know, if we're in a habit of something that that is very comforting and soothing to ourselves. But there actually is power if we bring it, Allison, like you're saying, to the present moment. The power is in the present moment to say, I can be here in this moment and I can do something to self-soothe, whether it's some breath work, whether it's some meditation, whether it's putting on some music and dancing in the kitchen because I want to feel some joy right now. You know, I, I think that is the essential piece. And we get ourselves in trouble when we do this thing of worrying about what's going to happen in the future. And we have no control over that. And it's not happening now, but we're experiencing it like it's happening now. And if we're ruminating about the past, you know, again, it's not going on now, but we're experiencing it as if it is. So the beautiful thing is we have power in the present moment to bring it back to this moment, to this breath. And in this moment, most of the time, things really are okay. And we can cultivate that sense of calm and peace within us. If we just stop, if we just quit distracting ourselves, quit trying to, to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, turn off the news and just breathe. And be hopeful. We have every reason to be hopeful. You know, like I always say, if you want your life to change, it has to happen in the unknown, right? So, so we could stay present with that little thought of hope. And that's, I think, really what helps me the most that, you know, just because you don't know, you're not doomed, right? Because you don't know so much is possible. So exactly, exactly. And actually, in that unknowingness is the full potentiality of everything. All of potential comes from that. So talk about the hope and where our creative spark comes from. That's beautiful.
I, I had um, somebody make a comment to me a few months ago that they, it seemed like I was trying to direct my life, and um, you know as, that I this my, this director identity as a, like a film director or whatever um, that I was kind of incorporating that in every aspect of my life and which practices and which this this that's not good enough and and this kind of really really which is a good step is what you're talking about with control and and I it's like it was so obvious. And I'd never thought of it. And so that's been a real, um, a, a, quite a turning point and a, and a game changer, I think, to try and ex- explore, not to try, just to actually explore, <laughs> what is that, what is not that. And so to just have less um, expectations about what might work or might, what might be good for me in any particular moment and really try and walk the talk of going with the flow and, you know, experiencing the magic that's there. And I don't even really know how to describe it, but it's made a difference. It's made a difference. And I know that there's been some sort of stuff and I had a trip recently that took ages to kind of, um, the dates to kind of get organized and land and what have you. And I sort of knew that it was coming up and I was hopeful about it, but I wasn't kind of calling every day. We talked to that guy, it's going to happen. What are the dates? When are we doing it? Like my, um, a couple of people was like, why don't you just ask? Why don't you just call? Why don't you just whatever? And I was just like, Oh no, I'm just going to wait for it to happen and it'll happen the right time, you know? And so it's been a little bit like that with a lot of things. And, uh, there's a sort of beauty in that. Um, and just allowing and being, being ready to listen for what's emerging and allowing it to emerge rather than kind of cramping it with all of the, what I think might be right or what I think the timeline on this should be or could be or what I'm, yeah, like just really pushing. And so if I don't force, I don't push what happens. And so there's been some cool stuff happening (laughs) and more kind of, um, creative blossoming and and beautiful emergent kind of conversations and ways of being with other people collectively and stuff and exploring that collectively has been really important one of the things I was going to say that's probably been one of the most significant things this year is getting involved in um like a group activity where there's an there's a perhaps a growth element that you can support each other mutually on because it's noticeable and I'm thinking there's a couple of instances but thinking specifically I did a Wim Hof 10 we did it for like two or three months a little group of three of us and so all the exercises that go along with the breath work but you're kind of like your breath holds are getting longer and you just you're tracking each other and your little exercises you're getting closer to doing a splits and you're holding your leg up in the air longer with this whatever it is or doing the crow for longer or being able to do the crow from not being able to do the crow and being able to support each other through that and to see a, a like a forward movement even if everything else felt like in some sense it was stopped has been really powerful and really fun and enjoyable and a lot of laughs but I think that there's been something in there for like that no matter how still and quiet and stopped and like not forward progress there seems to be in so many areas there's like always a forward progress and there's always change um and that's been beautiful to connect to that yeah yeah and and we're going to be talking about connection and community next but I want to hear Holly, for you, what were some of the game changers? Yeah, now there were there were several, um, and I resonate with so much of what you all have said. Um, for me, the 
the ability to see the silver linings as they're occurring. I developed this habit, I don't know, a decade or so ago as a means of surviving my own life. I had to actually look tragedy or trauma right in the face and say, right, why are you here? And what is it I'm going to get from you? I, I literally had to confront it and invite it in and say, all right, what's this about? And that capacity gave me, I've never had to practice it quite so much as this past period of time. But as each new uncertainty, you know, the unfolding of this whole, whole event globally, um, I was delighted to be able to see the blessing as it's happening and um, share that with, you know, my close ones and my community and, and a broader network that like, oh, no, this is actually really good. <laughs> like, this is something that we are going to benefit from. You just watch and wait. And sure enough, we would. And so for me, that's been helpful to have the capacity to see the unfolding. I mean, I, I said I sat and watched humanity evolve and like, okay, God, how, how is that going to benefit us in the long run? So that's one of them. The other piece that um, has, I mean, of course, it's going to be important to me as a purpose activator, but um, as I help people get really aligned, clear and aligned with their purpose, realizing that is your GPS. Doesn't matter how uncertain life is. But if you're tapped in and attuned to your own internal GPS, it doesn't matter what's happening out there because you know where you're going in here and it guides you and it, it pulls you into the right next thing. And so I'm fascinated with how, how big this call is, this longing now for people to live into purpose. And thank goodness we've finally reached this, I'm hoping as a tipping point where more of us are going to really be looking what is our calling what is our gift and contribution that we can make now that we're in this place where a shift is really truly possible let's all let's all do this together um and the last thing which is fascinating for me personally but also globally is um the isolation caused us to reach out in new ways to people all over the globe I've never in my life, I mean, this group itself is a, is a reflection, right? I've never had so many friends all over the planet, like just every continent. I just, I can't even believe how expanded the networks have become. And we are truly now a global community. And not that we weren't before, but there has been no hindrance whatsoever. Time zone? What is that? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to plan my meeting where as many people as possible can come from all over the planet. And it just feels to me like this had to happen to take us to the next place. I mean, and it wouldn't have happened this way, this, this quickly. I mean, really, in less than nine months, we've become this coherent global community with the goal of surviving the pandemic and let's evolve and let's make things happen and save the planet and save our time on it. I just, I'm so excited to have so many new friends. <laughs> and I think, you know, we all probably feel that way. Well, and that's so inspiring, you know, and, and it does bring me to, you know, the next question for, for people that haven't yet figured that out. You know, if, if we can put our collective wisdom to use here, how can we help people connect? You know, I, I just know that, you know, I always think of the, the Russian orphans that when deprived of touch died. 
you know, and I remember reading that study in graduate school and just being like so blown away and the, just the, you know, inherent need we have for connection and community. So it may look different now. We may need to cultivate that in a different way now. How do we do that? How do we come together now in this new and different way, in this new and different world we're finding ourselves in? I think, Holly, you touched on some of it right there. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's, I mean, if you have access to the internet, which, you know, I don't know what percentage of the world's population has access to the internet, but I'm guessing it's, you know, 75% or more, um, that all you have to do is type in a word that represents your interest and you say, you know, near me, <laughs> like you're going to, you're going to find people and or groups and meetups and associations and clubs, et cetera, of things that, you know, interest you. And if that's the only place you start, it's a great place to start because really you want to tap into people who are like-minded and have similar passions um, and similar interests. And even if it is virtual at this point, there's a connection point and there's a commonality. And so we're looking for people who have something that can enliven us and make us embrace life daily, if not you know hourly, because we need to be engaged in life at this point. Um, that's a suggestion anyway. No, and it, and it's beautiful and, and perfect. I think that, you know, now that I see all of my clients online, I was really concerned about how that might affect, you know, mm -hmm. just because we wouldn't be in physical proximity of one another. But I think as we've all experienced, you know, in, in our group together, it's like, there is no barrier here. It's like when we are on screen together, we are absolutely connected. Time, space, no longer matter. And so, and I've really found that through my work, you know, it's, we're, we're still doing the deep work. We're still, you know, I, I just feel like we're all being able to access each other's hearts. So it's, it's a really interesting lesson in where our barriers have lied. You know, I've, I've actually had clients all over the globe for a couple of decades. So that wasn't an issue for me. It's the loss of the personal connection that has been really challenging, just our intimate relationships and our friendships and even family as Gabriella described um that's that's still challenging but there are ways there too yeah yeah and that's kind of what we're we're here to talk about you know what what are the ways because yes it's you know talking on screen and you're right Holly it's not going to be the same as being able to hold one another give each other a hug you know so how do we get some of those needs met how do we continue to to grow this sense of connection and community within us so any ideas i think also you have to understand your own heart i have to say before the pandemic i didn't understand the sacredness of every relationship i had i thought i did mm. and it wasn't until i felt true isolation that that i really felt that that pure empty that i was able to appreciate the sacredness of every relationship and every connection I remember seeing my sister for the first time in five months. I must have gone to her house a thousand times. But the time that I had, after I had felt the isolation and my heart had such an open yearning, I had such an understanding of the sacredness of each soul, each person, each relationship. I don't think I've ever had anything that filled my heart up the same way. So every moment I'm so aware of the sacredness of it, it makes me want to connect. And I think for me, that's how it goes because it's, it comes from my heart. 
And anything that comes from your heart and from that connection will foster community. You will just make those relationships and you will make that effort. So for me, because I felt that emptiness, now I understand the fullness. And so that's Mm. what pushes me forward. So I don't know what I'll do tomorrow, but I know that the yearning, the openness, it's all there and it just resonates out. So I think when we can access that, that piece and understand what that means, I think we're going to make the connections that we need to make, that we want to make, that we desire to make. Yeah. Wonderful. So well said. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that um, I love humans and I am one and I love being human. And a lot of my uh, satiation and delight and um, fortification nourishment comes from connection with the non-human world. So I'm just going to bring that piece in again. We are always in community. We are always connected. We are always surrounded and also internally. We have, we are a community of billions of microorganisms. You know, we are, uh, um, we are a living community of our cellular consciousness. Uh, We have the interaction and the connection with our breath, with our bodies, with our movement, with the sky, with the earth, with the animals. I think anyone who finds themselves isolated, even if they don't have a pet, I think that pets are amazing. I know many of us here are uh, animal lovers. I see your cat. So he's walking across Holly and I know that Stephanie, like me, has a love affair with her, our dogs. Um, so I think that there's also self-touch, you know, affection, kindness, techniques like, like havening, where we're touching our own hands and our faces and giving ourselves a, a gentle squeeze and embrace, whatever we can do to get that oxytocin moving. And whether it is connecting heart to heart with a dear friend or loved one through technology, or it's just meditating and, and creating the whole elevated state of being connected to what we love, the practices of gratitude. Um, I mean, again, I can go on and on and on, but the point being that we are always in community and we are always connected. It's our nature. So sometimes it's a matter of redirecting our mind and our attention to what's already here so generously. Mm. Yeah. It's been a fair bit of time this year, I guess, for personal interest reasons and also professional interest reasons, doing um, a lot of kind of collective practices, wisdom gym sort of stuff where we're exercising, yeah, how we can um, collectively create wisdom, uh, collective intelligence, um, tapping, like learning to tap learning to feel the field between us, sense into what's emerging between us. It's not emerging from me. It's not emerging from you. It's emerging in the in-between and that sort of stuff. Um, And a lot of the time uh, there might be some kind of warm-up stuff because I guess after a while you maybe see some familiar faces. I've been doing some of this stuff through Rebel Wisdom and the Stoa and – there's some, you know, little warm up things that are kind of icebreakers, you know, and it's really funny. It's the sort of stuff that maybe a certain type of person, I would put myself into that category, maybe more in the past, not so much now, but like you'd think, oh, like, like I've longed to have to go straight deep into conversations with people, but sometimes I haven't had a conversation because I just didn't even know how to 
I don't want to be here. I want to be here. I don't know how to get there. So I just avoided the conversation to not have the kind of small talk, superficial, whatever that consists of. And so these little icebreakers that help you go straight down to here with whoever it is that you're talking to that you didn't know three seconds before and suddenly you're just like feeling such a level of intimacy with anybody, that's been amazing. Um, pretty pretty eye-opening how fast that can happen, how quickly you can get coherence in a space, you can feel rapport, you can feel like somebody is someone that you've known for a very long time. And I think one of the interesting things about those platforms and maybe probably other um, similar types of ones or similar objectives is that like learning for those of us who are maybe still learning to um, to not engage in um, polarizing kind of discussions or how do we mediate between um, issues that perhaps are polarizing for some people or many people uh, and how do we hold, see, see more of other people's perspectives and hold other people's perspectives they're kind of interesting skills to have because I've been thinking a lot about this in the last few weeks or so, this idea about, because like I guess I gravitate towards people maybe with like interests or, you know, maybe at similar points in their lives or that sort of stuff and maybe we attract those kinds of people. But if we can open it up so that, I mean, like interest really is just we're all having human experience in different forms and I can hear you and you can hear me because we've actually opened ourselves up, you know, mind, body and soul to be able to hear more um, and not jump in with my idea, my opinion, I think this, no, you're wrong, like any of those types of things and so I get beyond that. That's been, um, you know, I'm sort of just like still on the road with it, although that, you know, my intention is that and maybe probably it, I'd say nothing rather than get involved in polarized kind of stuff, but to actually be able to get the language and the sort of tools to be able to engage in a conversation that could be polarizing and help to depolarize and help to expand people. That's something that's been really interesting this year in developing community and connection and also expanding your idea about what community can mean. Um, that it doesn't, community isn't only people that are kind of like you or like the things that you like or yeah, any of those types of things that the community can be so expanded. And I, um, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I think that there's a lot more platforms and tools and stuff and technologies kind of as we're online, you know, helping to facilitate us, growing into that. And I think that's a positive. Absolutely. You know, I, I find that this journey, it, it truly does begin in my experience with learning how to befriend ourselves. You know, when, when Gabriella, you're talking about a sense of connection, I think so many of us have no connection to ourselves. We've been so distracted with our lives and busyness and media and so we've forgotten that essential connection that has to start right there. And I would have to say, you know, in, in this time, one of the greatest gifts for me is actually learning how to love myself even more deeply when I don't have the outside world mirroring to me, oh, you know, so great to see you today or the little chit chats you get into with people as you're just walking down the street to your office. Like there's nothing externally mirroring to you who you are. And so it's, it's going within and learning how to truly start befriending ourselves. And for me, some of that has been just showing up on a daily basis for myself. I think that is how we grow a relationship when we know that we can depend on people. And so when that starts with ourselves and we say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I've got my back. I'm going to take care of myself in this way because there's nobody around right now that can come into my house to do that. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wake up in the morning and, and I'm going to exercise and then I'm going to do my meditation and I'm going to write in my journal and think of the things I'm so grateful for, you know, and then, you know, I, I go back to something, Jackie, actually that our friend Tom Cronin talks about, you know, the three C's of, you know, what can I do to take care of myself today? What can I do to connect today? And what can I do to be creative today? And those just being like amazing lifelines. And so I think as I think about this, you know, community and connection, I think as we do that work within ourselves, then we are more open to do some of the work, Jackie, like that you're talking about, to be a more open channel where we don't have to be in opposition of anyone else because we've become so comfortable with ourselves. And when we have that level of self-love, we're able to extend that out to one another. You know, I, I, I thought it would be great to have a book instead of love in the time of cholera, I'd call it love in the time of COVID. And how can we, you know, nurture and begin having love affairs with ourselves and then truly extending that out to our communities as we hold ourselves in less judgment? How can we bring that to our communities? So thank you all for the so many, I mean, precious gifts in this. And I can't believe that we're almost running out of time right now. So I, I want to make sure that what we are leaving the listeners with is just for yourself. If, if you just had an essential message that, that you would like to leave that you feel like, you know, this, this is one of those little gems that, that might just help someone else to open up and realize that they too can get through this experience, that they too have resiliency, that they have, you know, that, that they can hope they can find the joy whatever, whatever comes to consciousness for you. Everyone being such deep thinkers, I know that this is one of those things that, that takes more than a hot, hot minute to tap into. I'm just going to jump in again and say that the unknown brings good things too, that, that we shouldn't be so afraid of what's to come. We have to remember in, in that where everything in our life that we love came from and suffering comes and goes and joy comes and goes and there's a cycle and the pandemic will end at some point. And so it's so important right now to, to build that strength, build that self-trust, build that self-love because we're going to go back out into the world, to a new world, to an open world, to an expansive world. So we have every reason to be hopeful and every reason to make the most of every moment that we have right now. And so... That's what I would say. And also a redefining of acceptance. You know, I always find that acceptance makes me feel like resignation. And now I've been looking as, at acceptance as a consent to receive. And I find when I'm sitting in the moment and I consent to receive what's before me, I'm more open to all the other things that could come. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, I'll jump in and just say love, 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 love love it's what we are it's uh invincible it's a frequency it's a healing salve um the quality of love cultivated from the inside out surrender another simple word big practice to have really clear intentions but also really humble surrender during this time and uh the intention one of my favorite intentions that i'll i'll leave the listeners with 
is that I always, on a daily basis, I have the intention for the most benevolent outcome for all beings. Mm. And then for myself, I have um, the daily intention of that everything always unfolds even better than the best I can imagine for my own life and for our planetary family and for all beings. And that I, I keep a sense of playfulness with that, just like the innocence of a child, and I surrender it. And that is back to what Allison was saying. It's a relationship to the unknown and the mystery, because the unknown has much more emergent intelligence than my little mind could ever come up with to create miracles of love and magic. And the more that we appreciate when we see those little things, the more that they appreciate what we appreciate appreciates. So that quality of gratitude being woven into all life goes a long way. Let me just add on the heels of that, um, that what we know about how emergence actually occurs is that chaos has to ensue, (laughs) you know, in order to deconstruct that which no longer works. And that when that deconstruction occurs and the chaos, then all of the components reformulate and yield a higher order. And that's really what we've been doing in the pandemic. And I feel personally so much more free and alive and available and resilient and delighted and um, joyful because I've gotten to let go of so, you know, because of the chaos, because of the deconstruction, the grief I described and the, you know, a few other things that I had to deal with, that I've become a higher order being um, in this time. And while there were times that I was suffering and it was painful, I knew that I was going to come out the other side, a better, a better human who could contribute in a, a much you know, more important way, a, a much more contributing way, a more evolved way. So there's this evolved expression of me and all of us will now be able to do things we couldn't do before. And so just to, to really allow that possibility that we are becoming, we have become, and we are still becoming, this isn't over yet. And it's never over. It's like this, this is the new way. <laughs> this is not something that we're going to see in. This is the new way that the world as it's going to exist is going to have chaos and deconstruction from here on out. And so how, how delicious that we get to have these experiences where we're constantly becoming more evolved beings and able to contribute, you know, from the depths of our souls, which is really why we're here. So we're, we're actually getting to be ourselves more than ever, which is so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really exciting about that. And, um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I was thinking about, um, Gabriella was bringing in, you know, the, the kind of sense of a proximity to death. Um, and I, I think that's something that's been pretty powerful this year for me and um, to to just navigate that relationship between aliveness and deadness and whether that's literal or metaphoric, symbolic, et cetera. And um, the, if, if, if there's a lack of a sense of aliveness, then what is it that I could do 
to kind of unlock a little bit of my magic or, you know, light this, you know, light the spark, connect with my own spark, like you talk about Steph. And, um, and that's going to make a big difference. That's going to make a big difference. And it actually kind of needs to be a priority because otherwise if we're sort of operating from a place of like walking deadness, it's, it's not good. It's not going to be good for us. It's not going to have a great ripple. And so uh, doing that dance and making that a priority each day, uh, I guess that's, I feel like that's important. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I do really resonate with that. I, I do feel like as each of us do our own healing, then that is what we, we allow ourselves to ignite the sparks within us. And then we become conduits for bringing that out into the world and helping other people to heal. So truly, it's like doing your own work and doing this during this time, using this opportunity to do that. That is one of the greatest gifts we can give to humanity. So as we ignite the sparks within ourselves, we become the ignited sparks that can help truly light up this planet. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank you all with all of my heart. You're some of my very favorite people on the planet and just love having you a part of the show and sharing your gifts and your wisdom with all of us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. It's been great. This is Loudspeaker.